In this new segment of Advisor Revelations, the DPL team will discuss how to evaluate new solutions and address current challenges and the strategies that can help you grow your firm and AUM. Hello and welcome to the Advisor Revelations podcast. I am Cameron McRae, Regional Vice President of Membership Success here at DPL Financial Partners. Today, our guest is one of our own. We're going to be chatting with Sam Johnson, Vice President of Business Development. A couple of topics. uh, We're going to go into how our members and advisors impact product and technology innovation here at DPL how working with DPL varies from working with carriers directly, and what may be next for business development. Sam, I'm pretty excited. Welcome to the podcast. Let's just start. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your role here at DPL. Yeah. Thanks, Cam. Uh, excited to be here and be on this. Um, it's always great what you guys have done with advisors, but uh, you know, I'm glad to participate and add a little internal perspective as well. So as you said, yeah, Sam Johnson, VP of Business Development, you know, really grew up in the space. First job was with David back at Jefferson National. So grew up on the sales side there, working specifically with RIAs, commission-free annuities, understanding their business. David had broken away and started doing consulting with carriers to eventually build the vision of what DPL is today. Was fortunate enough to be a part of that as well. So I actually got a consultant with David and work with carriers as they learned what it took to be successful and the space and to support advisory business. You know, when DPL started in the context that we know today, again, started back on the sales desk. So again, you know, adding that context just to really understand the RA business. And I think it's helped me in the business development side, because what I do now is really focus on our carrier partner relationships, both existing new carriers we add, you know, there's so much work and it's very similar to the consulting projects, kind of refer to it as consulting light on a consistent basis, you know, really working with, like I said, existing carriers, onboarding new carriers, getting them to understand the DPO business model, but also working with working with those carriers to help better support, you know, our advisors and the DPL members that we have. Great. And Sam, I'm glad you brought up the consulting part because that's one of the topics that I think is very valuable for our listeners to understand. Of course, we might have some members out there that uh, have been with us since day one or those founding members. But I think it'd be good just to hear kind of your view, your thoughts of kind of where DPL started what has grown from a carrier or business development perspective and kind of how that process works for your team as a VP of business development. Yeah. Yeah. From the carrier side, when we first started, we had, you know, four or five carriers and now we're up to about, you know, 18, 20 carriers. And so that's been great to see more enter the space. But, you know, when it comes down to working with the RAs, uh, fee-based advisor, you know, advisory annuities in general. It's so much more than stripping out the commission and that's it. You know, there's legal compliance questions they have as far as adding the advisor of record. There's changes to the marketing <laughs> that needs to look and sound different. It needs to have different vocabulary. The technology requirements are very different with the way an advisor on the RA side manages the contract, goes in, trades more, utilizes the contracts probably for more of their intended purposes. The operational experience, there's just so many things beyond just the product itself it takes to support the business that the RAs have. And so it really was in the beginning, you know, knocking down the hurdles as to why an advisor would use 
an annuity. And now, you know, where we've transitioned, and I think a lot of our business development focus is working to improve the efficiency and the implementation of these annuities uh, at a firm level that, you know, we've kind of crossed the threshold of number of carriers, you know, variety and, and quality of products, you know, some of the other enhancements that we can get into, but just really for these firms strategically to incorporate insurance as an asset class takes so much more. And that's where we have positioned ourselves as, you know, kind of the experts in the space, but we are that by extension of our interaction and feedback we get directly from the advisors we work with. Great. And let's talk about that feedback and how important that may or may not be. For our listeners, they probably are aware, you know, we've grown a lot and not only from how many carriers we have, I think we might have started with nine carriers. You can correct me if I'm wrong, back when we launched in 2018 to over 25 plus. So there's been great evolution on the carrier partner side, but then also from a, a membership number. And I think uh, people don't understand what power that our advisors kind of give DPL when working with carriers and product evolution. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how important it is for DPL to have the membership base it does and what role they play? Yeah, yeah. So for these carriers, they have for the longest time had a very comfortable, we'll say, distribution experience. Uh, If they wanted to sell more products, they would lever up some rates or some commissions and they have their existing distribution channels and their wholesalers and people love, you know, steak dinners and popping in the office once a week. RAs are so much different. I mean, you know, sitting on the sales side, you know, they like doing their homework. They like being a value add to their clients, whether or not they go into an annuity, go into a bond fund or whatever investment choice, they're making that, you know, kind of agnostic of their compensation. So that just changes the dynamics of the value add that the carriers and the products need to have. So when we look at you know the business model and the membership, you know, these carriers have outsourced their distribution. They've outsourced the experience. They've outsourced the feedback loop through DPL. We know that now that that's the preferred business model for these RIAs. They appreciate, and this is you know obviously why DPL you know goes about the business the way they do with the marketplace, with the membership, having transparency and competition, you know, amongst the carriers to ultimately provide that better experience and that, those better client outcomes through the products. And you know, a lot of the feedback we get is, you know, originally even from some of my own experience sitting on the sales desk. But, you know, now that we've, you know, continually get that feedback through our consultants and directly from our members, we're taking that feedback directly to the carriers. You know, we are the experts in the space and we are who they look to for ways to not only improve the products, but improve marketing, operations, efficiencies. So there's so much work that gets done behind you know, the scenes here at DPL, not only at the consultant level, at the operations, technology, marketing, to try to not only improve the overall experience, we're really transforming an industry. So talking about that feedback loop and innovation, I think back to even product categories that didn't exist with RIAs. I lose track of time, you know, but there was a time when MIGAs or multi-year guaranteed annuities did not even exist in the RA space or commission-free world. I think of that when I think of kind of the power the members have. How beneficial is it to have that staying power of our members so that we can help carriers create new product sets like the MIGAs? Yeah. Yeah. Originally, you know, in the advisor annuity space, there really was the investment only VA and it was a low cost 1035 vehicle. 
But as the you know acknowledgement of the academic support and certainly what carriers can do that certain investment categories cannot, there's so much opportunity for what these insurance products can do within the portfolio. So like you said, the MIGA is a perfect example of that. You know, I think we helped one of our carriers create, you know, the first advisory or commission-free MIGA. And that was beginning of, you know, timestamp beginning of 2022. We had one carrier and one duration on the MIGA front. And, you know, with interest rate environments and just, uh, you know, a lot of macro, micro economic conditions, it was a really good product and good solution. So we can take our membership base, this buying co-op, and go to the carriers and say, this is what they're asking for. This is where it fits within the portfolio, and here's where it's resonating. So where we sit today, I think there's about eight carriers with 25 different durations in the microfront. And you know, taking that a step further, now we've got transparency. Now we've got competition. So as far as those carriers looking at you know, what other products there are, what other rates there are, what durations there are, surrender schedules going away. You've got this, you know, ever evolving and progressing product category that really started because of the feedback we got from our members. I think it's a great example of the power of the DPL business model and touche to our member advisors for helping us out along the way. The other thing that I think about when I think of innovation or how important the feedback loop is, it has to do with things like data feeds. It has to do with things like what we'll call advisory-friendly VAs. Can you talk a little bit about kind of how that has evolved from, you know, a carrier producing like what we'll call a generation one type product, kind of their first foray into the RA space and kind of where we're at today and, and kind of how we've kind of helped push the carriers forward to provide some of those necessary things that RAs need? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good reasons why advisors historically had not used annuities. You know, when we first started in over the last couple of years, it transitioned from, you know, a four letter word to, you know, an actual integral part of their portfolio and from a value standpoint, both on the accumulation, protection, income, you know, across the board standpoint. So taking that advisor feedback to knock down the hurdles as to why that initially you know, buy an annuity. You know, these are not solutions that are being sold like on the commission side. These are advisors making an allocation change to annuities and really deciding that's in the best interest of their client. So we knock down these hurdles for them to, you know, purchase and know where it fits. So you make that leap and you make those initial hurdles and they believe it and has all the academic support. But then you start thinking across the portfolio and advisors think about their entire book of business. So these implementation hurdles where annuities are going to start becoming more strategic within their practice management. So that goes to data feeds. No longer can they be held away assets that aren't showing up with the rest of the portfolio. So one thing we've done there is instead of relying on the carriers to go to each of the different platforms like Black Diamond and try to set up DTCC or data feeds directly, DPL has become a central hub for that. So we take direct feeds from all of our carrier partners and then we'll push them to Black Diamond or we'll push them to other partners in the fintech space to let annuities and insurance products show up you know, within the rest of the portfolio. Fee billing is another big thing, as you mentioned, you know, as they fee bill on other assets, whether or not that's from a central cash account or directly from the product themselves, that's an area that carriers hadn't really, you know, thought was important in the past. But from the feedback of our advisors, that's resonated and been a really meaningful thing, again, to the practice and the strategic implementation of these annuities. So now you've seen you know, what was a couple of years ago or you know, even 18 months ago, a nice to have is really starting to be more table stakes. You see that with surrender schedules. 
on the variable annuities. Those have been gone for quite a while, but now because of the advisor feedback and the carrier competition, you're starting to see those be removed for the Ryler or buffer categories with fixed index annuities. And now we're seeing even the MIGAs take away the surrender schedule. So we really try to take the feedback of what advisors do or don't like about the annuities just categorically, and then also what helps them to implement them on a larger scale and really provide that directly back to the carriers to promote change. Yeah, it's been a ton of evolution over a short period of time. I know most people that don't, most of our listeners probably don't live it day to day like <laughs> yourself and me, but it is great to see. For our listeners that, you know, might not be as familiar with DPL as a business model, you know, as a platform, can you touch just high level on what some of the differences are or benefits of working, you know, with DPL versus going to carriers directly? You know, the, the RAs, they position themselves as fiduciaries and the RA embraces that business model and it's why the rest of the industry is going towards that model is they like options. They like choice. They like being able to decide what's in the best interest of not only their practice, but in their client. So if you work with you know, one or maybe two carriers directly, which is you know historically the way it's been, you know, they've got an option for a 1035 or a VA or income with a fixed index annuity. But each carrier probably does something uniquely really well, but they don't do everything great. So that's really why DPL you know, was created because it fits that RA business model you know, so much better to, again, have that transparency, have that competition, have that marketplace approach for the benefit of the advisor and the clients. And instead of having to understand the nuances of you know, service issues and applications and how they go about you know, data feeds and all of that, you know, DPL is really intended to be that white glove experience, that one single kind of source of truth that then we'll go back behind the curtain and work with the carriers to improve the experience. So it's definitely an evolution and there's definitely progress being made. But as we all know, the insurance industry has been the way it's been for a long time and we've seen fee-based or commission-free approaches for all the other aspects of the financial community. And so insurance that we're excited about is kind of that last bastion that we're helping with the help of our membership change and all for the benefit of the end consumer. Yeah, I think keeping kind of the similar theme going of, of evolution, I think of you know how much our tech has grown, the discovery tools on our website. If the listeners haven't checked those out, they definitely should. Essentially just seeing how easy it is to compare across, you know, DPL's platform when looking for a particular client situation. They're very easy to utilize. And I think a lot of that is in part to one, our tech team, obviously. And then second, our business development team for being able to create, you know, so many different carriers, so many different solutions and providing that competitive nature that you see today if you run any of the tools. Sam, before we wrap up, I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on what's next for business development. What are some of the exciting things you are working on and what can you tell us, you know, what it might look like if we were to have this conversation a year from now, what's changed? Yeah. Yeah. I think of, you know, what Schwab one source did for mutual funds, DPL is doing for annuities. And that's really exciting because we're kind of on that, that cutting edge of the advisor's insurance experience. So we've got a great relationship with Black Diamond. Cam, as you mentioned, we've got some of our discovery tools there. We send them data feeds, you know, working on making the application experience better and more efficient within that Black Diamond Portfolio Center experience. But really, we're trying to meet advisors where they do business. And you know, the nice thing is that now from a fintech space, 
you've kind of got an acknowledgement from the industry that insurance, and especially you know, commission-free advisory-based annuities and insurance products belong within the portfolio. They should be treated as an asset class. And so our goal from a business development standpoint is to you know, not only improve our technology, improve our carrier products and operations and experiences, but you know, take that next step as to where that belongs within the advisor's kind of tech stack, if you will. So we've got a constant pressure to, you know, in a good way, to work with the carriers to improve products, to continue to take that advisor feedback. But we want to continue to make the process of seeing the annuity assets, the benefit that the you know a rider may have, the application process, all of that within the desktop experience. So I think meeting an advisor where they do business and helping insurance show up as an asset class continues to drive what business development does. Awesome. So I think ease of use was the theme there, making it uh, now that we've kind of we've got an audience of RA firms that see the value of the commission free annuities. We have great carrier partners, you know, providing us with great solutions. We have, you know, some of the easy tech stuff, but, you know, next steps, ease of use, how can we make it even easier for those firms? You know, the interesting thing that I find so much about the business development experience is, you know, how much we've taken extremely manual processes and made them more efficient kind of across the board. So back when I was in the sales desk and Cam, I know you can remember this, you know, probably way too well, is, you know, doing a 1035 comparison, needing to get a client statement from the advisor to, you know, Excel spreadsheet comparisons, uh, try to understand what the, the rider means. And now it's just a couple of clicks away with our annuity comparison calculator. Applications used to be an extremely manual process, and that's what you know we're working to streamline and create more efficiencies. So you know, I think that's just a nice trend that the business development department in general has a focus on is you know making the lives easier and the comparisons and the annuity experience overall improve for the benefit of the consumer. Well, Sam, this has been fun. I really appreciate you joining us today. Absolutely, Cam. This has been a blast. Really appreciate it. And thanks, everyone, and all our listeners out there for spending time with us today. Again, as a reminder, you can find us at dplfp.com. Please subscribe for more episodes, really anywhere you might listen to your podcast. We hope everyone has a great day. Thanks for listening. To hear more advisor revelations, go to dplfp.com and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming app.